A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you've fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds. And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. On this edition of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking about the interim CMO role. Mark Reed Edwards here with episode 14 of Confessions of a Marketer. Today we're talking with a longtime colleague of mine, Julie Zadow, is here to discuss the unique interim CMO role. We'll get into that discussion in just a moment. Lots of great topics coming up. We're planning episodes on data in marketing, a glimpse into venture funding, and lots more. And next week, we'll talk with Brian Lucid. I've known Brian for more than 20 years. He's a RISD grad, an accomplished designer, and has a great mind for the future of design. He's now a professor in New Zealand at Massey University, doing a lot of great work on UX, and also dabbling in virtual reality and mixed reality. We had a great deep discussion about marketing, design, and the intersection with VR and MR. So stay tuned for that. Now on to Julie Zadow. We worked together at a market research firm about 15 years ago. I instantly respected her because, well, she just knows her stuff. Since we worked together, she's led marketing for Heart Hanks, Global Force, iCoach First, and Alice. She recently started Pinch Hit CMO where she specializes in interim CMO services. So when this topic came to me, there seemed no better person than Julie to talk with. So let's get to the discussion. Julie Zadow, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. Thank you very much. So you recently started Pinch Hit CMO, which specializes in interim marketing leadership. What's unique about being an interim CMO? Are there any particular challenges? Yeah, you know, I, I think there are a few. They're, they're subtle, but they're important. And, you know, I think it really comes down to, let's start with why an organization might recruit a interim CMO in the first place. And, you know, usually that has to do with something related to change. There's probably a situation where there's either a growth in the business where they haven't needed a CMO role yet, but they think they might, and they're still trying to figure out the shape of what that looks like, or that there has been a CMO in a role and they've departed. Right. And when an organization finds themselves in that moment, that's when an interim CMO has the opportunity to potentially step in, uh, pinch hit, if you will, and make a difference. I think one of the most important differences between the two is, imagine this, if you were 
the new chief marketing officer, permanent chief marketing officer entering a role. You know, there's a lot of things that you need to prioritize for, but one of the most important things is absolutely uh, developing rapport and developing relationships. And that can often be the centerpiece of what a CMO in a permanent role is focused on, say in the first 30, 60 to 90 days. But with an interim CMO, it's certainly not to say that rapport development isn't important, but if you're going to put a hierarchy around why you're there and what your goals are, uh, your first goal probably isn't uh, the development of relationships, but the seeking of the truth. You are there to focus on transparency, to focus on fact-finding, to focus on what's really going on in this organization that's either allowing for or preventing a marketing organization from helping product and sales leaders achieve their goals? And how can you use your opportunity to truth seek and fact find and develop a transparent understanding of sort of the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats within the organization as a blueprint that the permanent marketing leader can then benefit from when that person is found. So is part of your task to kind of put a book together that you could hand over to your successor? I think that is certainly the ideal situation. And I think it's probably because when you're coming in as the new chief marketing officer, you're, I mean, let's face it, your, your number one customer is the CEO. In some ways, when you're coming in as an interim chief marketing officer, you know, your number one customer is the future permanent CMO. You know, your goal is to try to figure out how you can be that bridge and that person who can sort of diagnose what's going on in such a way so that that person can hit the ground running with a blueprint of sorts to use as a guiding post and react to and then figure out how much of it they are going to, you know, kind of keep or toss. But you coming in as an interim CMO should give the newly hired permanent chief marketing officer a starting ramp that they would never otherwise have, which should actually equate to a much faster ramp time yeah. onboarding that new C-level executive. Yeah, and you're kind of a disinterested observer in a way as an interim. You're, you, you shouldn't have any bias like a former CMO would. Well, yeah, and I think in some ways most permanent chief marketing officers come in with no bias, but it's very hard when your focus is on developing relationships not to develop that sort of connected bias along the way for better or for worse. When you're walking in with the objective that um, your goal isn't to stay, what happens then is you're not bringing that filter of job protection for yourself with you along to every meeting that you attend. And the result of what you see and what you hear and what you learn and what you can eventually share and tell is different and, right. and um, potentially a little uh, more difficult, but also potentially a lot more beneficial to all the stakeholders. Okay, so with that in mind, does it take a different type of person or personality to be an interim? You know, I think that's a good question. Um, and I, I, I think that it does depend on more kind of goals and objectives for why a marketing leader would choose an interim CMO path versus a permanent CMO path. So I don't necessarily think it's a difference in personality. I think it's a difference in personal objectives at any given time. I, I don't think there'll be too many people okay. who will succeed as an interim chief marketing officer or an interim head of marketing if they haven't personally experienced what it's like to be a permanent head of marketing. And you know what you're walking into in those moments. Sure. If you're choosing to take the path of an interim chief marketing officer, you're probably at a juncture where um, you're prioritizing 
for your opportunity to bring insight and experience to a team, to an organization, to a CEO, but you're not necessarily at the juncture in your life where what you're willing to do is trade off the entirety of your sense of personal control of your time and your life to the goals and benefits of that organization. Uh, whereas, you know, in yeah. my opinion, nowadays, it's very hard to be the permanent chief marketing officer of any organization without effectively being willing to put that role as number one in your life and how you spend, you know, kind of your hours, your days, your weeks, and your time. So as a result of that, I do think that an interim chief marketing officer can bring a level of transparency to dialogue and a level of realism to dialogue that uh, is different when you're invested with a different sense of outcome. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. When you go into a company, say for a three, six, 12-month engagement, whatever it is, what are the first three things you would do? Yeah, that's a good question. And obviously, all customers are different and essentially an interim CMO, you know, kind of has to deal with the the reality of, you know, the customer that they have. But I think that on some level, it really comes down to understanding, let's go back for a moment to the, you know, the Jim Collins analysis of the boss, you know, kind of, you know, business growth is best achieved when there's a vision, you know, for where the bus is going, who the people on the bus are, and whether they're in the right seat. Mm -hmm. And I think as, you know, a pinch at CMO, your goal is to come in and develop you know, a 30, 60, 90 day plan with kind of that uh, wheels and people on the bus vision in mind. Obviously, the best marketing plans distill from powerfully articulated product roadmaps and carefully crafted sales numbers. So your first objective is to get a sense of how well is this marketing team able to deliver on the product roadmap and the sales numbers. How well is marketing making a measurable impact on business goals? And if that's not something that the marketing team or resources or budget are currently able to achieve, why? And what would it take to fix it? So I think that's right. the basics of that 30, 60, 90 day roadmap. And, and frankly, in my experience, what ends up happening is that you, you kind of end up feeling like Probably the way a, a, a contractor or an interior designer or such feels when they're working with a consumer who's, you know, kind of ready to renovate their kitchen, you know, because <laughs> in the same way that consumers uh, might have this vision of their renovated kitchen and the moment they get into it with the designers and the contractors and the cabinet makers, they come right up against that, you know, good, faster, cheap, pick two reality. Um, I think your role as an interim CMO is to sort of develop a sense of sort of 30, 60, 90 day SWOT analysis, and then be able to have a really transparent conversation with the CEO and the C-suite about, okay, you know, if we want everything we do to be perfect, that doesn't happen fast. And it doesn't uh, happen for cheap. Um, If our goal is speed, we're going to have to compromise a little bit along the way or around what perfect might look like and how much it's going to cost. And if our goal is to develop marketing on the cheap, then we really need to think about what's possible with this budget in terms of how marketing can impact the product roadmap, how marketing can impact sales forecasted pipeline, because there are certain programs and activities and opportunities that you're just simply going to have to pass on. 
So um, that's a really challenging conversation for every CMO I know when they come into a new role, uh, because for the most part, you know, if your number one customer is your chief executive officer, when you ask him or her, you know, good, fast, or cheap, he or she is most likely going to say, yes, thank you, all three, because that's their job. You know, very few <laughs> right. CEOs were um, able to achieve that status and rank because one of the adjectives someone would use to describe him or her is reasonable. Like, that's not their job. But on some level, you know, even if people think of the head of marketing as, you know, the chief enthusiasm officer, I think nowadays, particularly with all the ability for blending art and science and marketing, Marketing also has to be the chief practicality officer and needs to come in and be willing to have that challenging, good, fast, or cheap dialogue with the CEO. And, you know, I have to be honest, I, I think an interim chief marketing officer is in a really unique position to have a really candid version of that dialogue with that CEO over a 30 to 60 to 90 day period. And, you know, one of the biggest benefits of that is that, you know, to some degree, not only should the result of that help the new permanent chief marketing officer when they come in. But moreover, the results of that should really help guide the CEO and the C-suite in understanding exactly what type of CMO would best benefit that organization's unique goals and objectives, you know, in the year and the years beyond. With, with that in mind, how do you know a company is a good fit for you and you're a good fit for the company? Um, oh, that's an easy one to answer. You don't. You <laughs> absolutely don't. Uh, so I have to be honest about that. Um, but in some ways, that's a much more important and a much more stressful question, frankly, for a permanent chief marketing officer, because I think it was uh, Peter Drucker who said culture eats strategy for lunch every day. You know, so to some degree, you know, when you're coming in as a new permanent chief marketing officer, that your ability to fit into the executive culture, your ability to become part of the organizational fabric of, you know, the internal brand of this place is, is a huge component of your ability to succeed. But as an interim chief marketing officer, your goal shouldn't be to figure out whether you're going to fit in this organization. You should be coming in to help figure out what kind of permanent chief marketing officer is best going to fit in this organization. So the fit question is hugely important. You're just not filtering it down to yourself. You're using your experiences, your instincts, your understanding of how to diagnose the corporate culture, its business needs, its goals, its objectives, to help fashion the persona sure. of the best type of permanent chief marketing officer for that organization. So the fit question is important, but it's not about you. Yeah. And you can put up with pretty much anything for three months, right? I'd like to think I can. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, you know, part of your job as an interim is to set up maybe the search. What is it precisely that the senior team is looking for in a CMO if they're looking for a permanent, you know? So you you can kind of diagnose what's going on in the organization and maybe help them direct exactly what they what they need, the qualities they need in a CMO. Yeah, and you know, this is a really important part of what an interim CMO needs to do because there's multiple sides to this. You can often find that um, right in there is the sweet spot of disconnect between, for example, the CEO's vision of the type of marketing leader he needs. And if you're coming in as the interim chief marketing officer and, you know, temporarily inheriting a large marketing team, you can often, therefore, find that moment of, you know, kind of that sweet spot of disconnect because the CEO's vision of the type of marketing leader he needs or she needs 
might actually be very different from what the existing marketing team believes that they need. So one of the things that you need to diagnose as an interim chief marketing officer is what is the CEO's understanding of what the existing marketing team has achieved and what is his or her uh, sense of how important it is to retain this team moving forward versus thinking about not just refreshing marketing strategy, but refreshing marketing staff. You know, again, those are challenging areas of the business to dive into, but it's really important because if there's a significant disconnect between the CEO's vision of what type of chief marketing officer he or she needs moving forward versus the marketing organization's belief in the type of leader they need to inspire them to do great work, you will be doing a disservice as an interim chief marketing officer to the entire organization if you can't help them see their own vision disconnect in that moment, because you need to reconcile that before the hire gets made permanently. Otherwise, you're going to have a leader who can't succeed. Because ultimately, really successful chief marketing under officers, I believe what they understand how to do is take uh, the business vision that a CEO presents and translate that into an inspiring internal brand story that the entire marketing staff can get excited about and execute on. And if there's a massive disconnect between what the existing CEO and the existing marketing staff believe they need in a marketing leader, it's your job to get in there and address that disconnect and help them solve for it so that they can find the right person and be sort of symbiotically engaged in that person's success when they get there as a permanent chief marketing officer. It's the classic difference between wants and needs, right? Yes, it is. Exactly. So are there unique dynamics? You've kind of hit on some of them with the executive team and staff members because you're an interim. What's the story behind that? I think there are some significant differences between how an interim chief marketing officer operates in that regard versus a permanent chief marketing officer. And, you know, it comes back to some of what I said, you know, your focus is on rapport for the sake of transparency, not rapport for the sake of rapport. Um, You know, people often say that, you know, the, the definition of sales and marketing alignment isn't your willingness to have a beer with each other at the end of the night. Right. You know, it's your willingness to practically set measurable goals that can be measured against the success of the activities of each department. And I think that that's where that transparency in an interim role is, is so important. But also, you know, the thing is, most people, I believe, you know, have good intentions. And when a permanent chief marketing officer comes into an organization, you know, more often than not, you know, most people want that person to succeed and to feel like they've landed in a great place. Uh, So I believe there's a lot of um, handing out of rose-colored glasses with which to look at each other for the first 30, 60, 90 days when a new executive comes into a new role because no one, not the head of sales, not the head of product, not the existing marketing staff wants to be the person, you know, telling the new marketing permanent leader you know, that the the baby they just adopted is ugly. Like no one <laughs> wants to be the one to step up and say that. Yeah. But there might be some truths that are worth telling earlier as opposed to later for the sake of achieving change and growth. And I believe that that interim marketing leader, when they can be transparent about the fact that that's their goal, can actually get at dialogue and insight and perspective that, again, as I said, can become part of a really powerful blueprint of truth 
that the incoming permanent chief marketing officer can use to their advantage right away. That's wonderful, Julie. Lots of wisdom there. We're recording this on a Wednesday, and this is what I would classify as Wednesday wisdom. And thanks for being a guest here on Confessions of a Marketer. I'm sure my listeners will get a lot out of this discussion. I really appreciate it. Well, I've had a great time. Thanks, Mark. I really want to thank Julie for being my guest this week. Next time, VR, MR, UX, design, all of it with Brian Lucid. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc. And this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.